0: we just Well, you know, I didn't expect it to come so fast, but it definitely did. Ridiculous. Hi, everybody. I am your host, Captain Boring. Alongside me is my main man, not CFP, insider Roberto. Uh, Admiral, you like that, could not be with us this week. That's okay, because I'm much better than he is at hosting. Listen, college football season, it came and it went. It seemed like just yesterday, Robert, that... uh, I was driving to your house on a Thursday. We both took off that Friday. We watched Florida and Utah. I walked out of your house on Friday. We said, well, we don't really know anything because we don't know how good Utah is. Mm -hmm. Because we felt like they should have killed them without Cam rising. Turns out we were kind of right. Florida, we said, "Mm, maybe. Well, that kind of turned out to be just what they were either way. I I can't believe it. It's done already. And I know that we have bowl season. I know that we have America versus America, army Navy this Saturday. I know we have, I know we have college football playoff. I know we got the natty. I know all that. Uh, I just can't believe it's over. Uh, What are your thoughts? Like, like, can you believe it either? Like that we have come and gone in fourteen weeks?
1: I mean, I'll tell you what. When they say the good things don't last, they they mean it. It was it just feels like a blur. You know, it was ninety degrees outside, kickoff. Now it's thirty degrees, end of the season. It just came and went like the seasons.
0: Uh it, it... It's crazy how it does it it every year. Um, The the drama of college football, again, I deemed it the year of the almost upset. The year of the almost. And they saved the drama for the very end. The college football playoff committee said, you know what? Ain't no upsets happening on the field. We'll give you one off the field, you know? All right. So let me just catch people up. Listen, here's how Championship Saturday went. Washington beat Oregon again for a second straight time. If you don't know this, then I, I can't help you. By the way, go follow us on Instagram at 4th1podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with all of your college football nerds in your life. Um, and even not with your college football nerds. Uh, someone you hate, send them this podcast. Someone you like. Send them this podcast. Just send this podcast literally to anyone. We don't really care at this point. So Washington beat Oregon. Um, The final score was 31-34. Oregon really, though, kind of dominated that entire second half, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oregon did get kind of a really late touchdown, but it was a 10-point game.
1: Yeah, that... I was actually really disappointed in Oregon. Yeah. I thought especially their first half. Their second half, they picked it up, but their first half, I was really disappointed in them. Uh, that was definitely the most complete game that Washington has played. Yeah. And fitting enough, they waited until then to do it.
0: Uh, Jalen McMillan, they got him back healthy, and I think kind of that made a big difference. I mean, he led the game with 131 receiving yards, so I really think that that did. Uh, missing they missed him a lot um, Liberty beat New Mexico State that was huge because Liberty finished undefeated and now we'll play Oregon in the new year six they became the highest group of five ranked and I'll get to a bit more of that in a minute uh, Saturday matchups gave us kind of an order here Texas just outright dominated Oklahoma State it, it was 14 nothing from like five minutes in okay nothing surprising there Uh, Miami of Ohio beat Toledo in the battle of Ohio that took place in Michigan. That's right. Michigan better than Ohio. Just going to leave that there. Uh, 23, 14. I was kind of bummed in Toledo because Toledo was 11 and one, something like that. Um, and they only scored 14 points. Uh, then in the afternoon time, SMU beat Tulane. 26 14 that opened the door for liberty to be ranked above smu here's the thing though a lot of people had issued that smu didn't get the new year six non because smu played a tougher schedule than liberty like a way tougher schedule than liberty however two losses is worse than zero losses in this case i'll get there in a minute i'll get there in a minute um Boise State routed UNLV and retained their interim head coach. Um, And we'll get to that in just a minute as well, coaching carousel. Um, Appalachian State just got bombarded by Troy. That was the only pick I had right the entire weekend. Just to let everyone know. Uh, That's how I go. Um, Okay, and then the upset, I would say, of the day, upset. They were five-and-a-half-point favorites. Alabama beat Georgia. So you correctly predicted this a few weeks ago. Alabama beat Georgia 27-24. There was a a field goal about midway through the third quarter, or was it early fourth? Uh,
1: I think think the third.
0: So um, it was a 45-yard field goal-ish. And there was a false start, so it backed it up five yards. And then that field goal doinked off the upright that would have been good from 45. That was the difference in the game. A lot of people had quest- uh, had a lot of questions about George's kind of play calling uh, late in that game. I do as well, or early in that, I mean, they went right down the field. That first drive, it was bimboo boo mam touchdown And then it was completely different. Um, Michigan in the, in the nightcap, then, um, beat Iowa 26 to zero. Couple things about this Michigan covered and the under hit. So Iowa I'm is just, I oh, was just, <laughs> dude. uh, their, their defensive coordinator won. Assi- the art Bryles, not art Bryles, the Boyles award, right? Top art. assistant. Yeah. Listen, as Michigan fans, Sharon Moore did a heck of a job in those four games, especially down the stretch. But listen, come on. If anyone's not going to win it, who's not named him, uh, the Iowa defensive coordinator deserves I it.
1: Get
0: it. He's get winning it. I, games. I
1: get
0: it. He He's not only stopping the team from scoring, he's scoring all the points.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And then in at, the nightcap number 14 Louisville took on number flo- four Florida State. It was six nothing three and a half quarters through, and then FSU went on to win 16 to six. Not a lot of offense. Um, Lawrence to- Toa Feely broke a basic 75 yard run touchdown that broke the game open, and then Florida State's defense was dominant. So, going into Sunday, here's what we had. We had Michigan and Washington's were absolute locks. Okay, Michigan was going to be number one. Washington was going to be number two. Everyone knew that. Then you had a one-loss Big 12 champion in Texas. You had a one-loss SEC champion in Alabama. You had a one-loss SEC runner-up in Georgia, who was the number one team the entire year in every single poll ever. Then you had an undefeated Florida State and the committee went Texas Alabama and left an undefeated ACC champion out Robert go
1: I still don't understand how we have we have rules and we have guidelines if you are undefeated and you are a conference champion and you are within one, two, three, or four. You win, you're in. That's how it's always been for the past 10 years. But then all of a sudden, there was a scenario that we were blessed with that there wasn't going to be an SEC team in. And now all of a sudden, oh, wait, you know, they lost their quarterback. They, you know, it's a totally different team. It, and, that you know, they, they have no shot. Absolutely no shot of beating anybody we should bring Alabama in because they have one one good win. Like Georgia really was their only good win. They they were up and down the entire year. And then they keep saying, well it's it's the top 4 teams, the four best teams, the four not the most deserving but the four best. Georgia's still like they only lost by 3. Like if anything Georgia should be in before like well, before Bama even though they beat them. But I would even put them in before Washington. I mean, Washington's been good all year, but they've also, like, slacked at the end of the season. I just don't understand how, or even Texas, you know, I just don't see how they leave an undefeated conference champion who's in the Power Five, who was ranked four, out of the playoffs. Like, they don't know that, this, that the second-string quarterback could be Cardell Jones and – Go and they they could end up winning the championship. Like it just it's I the favoritism of the SEC screams very loudly. So I I echoed
0: the sentiment about Georgia being one of the best. Four te- if you're going to say four best, right? I to- talked about this on the 10 minute sports report I did on Monday. If you're going to say four best, then Georgia 100 percent has to be in. Georgia went from one to six. In, this, in the rankings on Saturday. Okay. they Their only loss was by three. And at no point during the season did Georgia mess around with anybody. The only team Georgia messed around with was Missouri, who they did play at home. However, the committee has Missouri ranked nine. In my standings, I have them ranked ten. Okay. So they beat... And they only messed around for three quarters. Start of the fourth, Missouri driving, and then they got a pick, and then things changed, and they ended up winning, I think, by 10. I, I, I think Missouri, I think they beat Missouri by 10. So first of all, if you're going to say four best, then you have to take Michigan out because Georgia's, Georgia would just kill Michigan tomorrow. You have to take Washington out and put Georgia in. You have to take Texas out and put Georgia in. Listen, as it is, Alabama's winning by double digits. I don't know how they're favored in the Rose Bowl. What? What you got? What you got?
1: So, if you go on ESPN, they have the yeah. playoff predictor, okay? Yeah. If you choose Alabama to win, Florida State to win, Michigan, Texas, and Washington.
0: So, the scenario means, that happened.
1: So, the scenario that happened. Of course, it says there is a 7% chance that this ever happens, but it does. But it did happen. Yep. It literally has... Michigan percent percent playoff chance greater than 99%. Washington greater than 99%. Texas 55%, Alabama 41%, Florida State 97%. How is the algorithm in a computer program smarter than the schmucks at the CF at in Texas or wherever the hell they do the thing? That's so why I it, think they- they got to get rid of the ADs. They have to.
0: So here, here, here's the other thing. The BCS, someone pulled up the old BCS system because I guess that's still kicking, right? Someone ran the BCS numbers, which is how the national champion contenders used to be before the college football playoff. And how they were and how the BCS had it is Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Florida State. So it left out Texas. And here, and that's that reason right there is why they left out Texas. Is why, why the BCS left out Texas is why we have the committee. Because the committee wanted to take into account head to head. I'm fine with that if you want to take into account head to head. But zero losses is still better than one loss. Ladies and gentlemen. In everything. Except for the top four. They even did it with the New Year 6. And you heard me earlier, Liberty went undefeated 12-0. SMU played a much tougher schedule 10-2. They took Liberty because they were undefeated. And they said that Liberty is just better because they were undefeated. So that applies to everyone but FS, uh, FSU. My other problem is and and Robert this kind of goes along with that. I touched on this in 10 minutes sports report I did on Monday so go check that out or don't because you're going to hear the exact same thing right here. Whether the committee knew what they were doing or not, which I believe that they didn't know what they were doing. Whether they subconsciously did this or not and I do believe that they subconsciously did this. They told everyone in and their mother That the SEC is the best conference, and no matter what happens, come hell or high water, that's a movie with Jeff Bridges, I believe, the SEC will make the playoff. The SEC is the best conference. The SEC gets whatever they want. The cream of the crop is the SEC. Moreover, they told people that the ACC does not matter. The ACC is weak. The ACC is schedule is weak. I'll tell you what. When Florida State walked into Death Valley Clemson week five, maybe, and Clemson was on a little bit of a backslide, and Clemson had that game one, and it was a great game, and then Cade Clublink threw that out route and threw that re- run pass option instead of handing the ball off on third down in overtime to go up. 10 and then they had a fourth and two and they didn't get it right for those of you that remember that you put alabama in that situation early season alabama week again whatever week that was five i think alabama's losing that game alabama did not play the clemson on the road level okay duke was a good football team and i understand florida state didn't play duke so they but florida state Played LSU. I understand their quarterback got hurt, but their defense won the game. Y'all, I'm going to call it like it is, and I'm going to hit this beforehand. Y'all bitched that Michigan's sign ceiling scandal meant this much because you can email someone the game plan and you still got to stop them. Dion's words, not mine. It was about 50-50 down the middle. They said Michigan broke the rules, but guess what? It doesn't matter. And now you're telling me that when you have a team win on Saturday night with defense and the running game and they scrapped and they clawed with their third-string quarterback and then they would have had a month to prepare For either Michigan or Washington, rank them three or four, who cares at that point? With a backup quarterback that they wouldn't have been competitive with that defense that they put out and special teams and field goal and whatever Saturday, you are out of your gourd. It 100% the committee, again, subconsciously said the ACC sucks. And whether they wanted to or not, they continued college football down the path of two conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. And what probably will morph into the um, farm system for the NFL, where where it will be the minor league system for the NFL. It will be two divisions set up exactly like the NFL. We'll have 14 teams in the playoffs. The top two get a bye just like the NFL, and then, you know, they can go to the draft. Um, Robert, the fix for this is staring us right in the face in 2024-2025. It's a 12-team playoff.
1: I mean, yes and no, because what happens if next season we go through this again, Alabama sitting at eight, like they were this year cuz they lost one early. Now they play Auburn and they lose by 3. How far back are they going to drop Alabama? How far are they willing to move people? Like Notre Dame loses, they go back 5 spots. We have someone in Georgia drops 5 spots. They lose by 3. Alabama loses more than likely only dropping two or three to keep them in the playoff. 100%. It, it's just going to keep happening over and over because we're going to keep getting the Monday morning, well, I'm Paul Fine, bomb so, you know, Voice of the South, and then he goes and berates literally every team in NCAA except for SEC schools, mainly Alabama. And it's just like, like, what, what? Alabama didn't even pass the eye test this year.
0: They they were. Yeah, they it's not like they were blowing people out. It's not like, again, they were Georgia. They were Michigan, midseason Michigan. That was just rounding people by 40 plus points. Here is Alabama 56-7. Then they lose at home to Texas by 10. And I get it. They Alabama had a lead fourth quarter. Melrose throws the pick, et cetera, et cetera. Ten point loss at home is a ten point loss. South Florida 17 to 3 it was really 10 to 3 they scored with about 30 seconds left Saban scored that touchdown knowing he needed it to look good Next week, Old Miss, their defense won the game 24-10 to because Old Miss was rolling at that point. Mississippi State, 40-17, they started to get things going. Next week, Texas A&M played them tough at home, 26-20, and that was a back-and-forth game that I thought Texas A&M could win at any moment. Arkansas, they only won by a field goal after being up 21-3, to or I'm sorry, uh, tw- I think it was 20 20- I think it was 24-7. They only win by three and had to hang on late. Tennessee, they beat by 14, probably their most impressive win, but they were down by they were down 20 to 3 early in that yeah. game, too. LSU was a 42-28 win that was tied at 28 midway through the fourth quarter. Kentucky was a blowout. Chattanooga obviously was a blowout. Auburn, they should have lost, but Auburn invents new way to lose. It's kind of like they're making up for the kick six in the opposite direction. And then they beat Georgia in their best win of the year at a neutral site in Hotlanta by three. Win is a win. I will give you that. But let's not act like they were heads and shoulders above Florida State because they weren't. So just to prove my point, Let's go look at Florida State's schedule, and I get it. Strength of schedule, fifty-fifth. Again, you're taking into consideration the overall, um, what is, uh, the overall win-win um, loss, and you're saying that because Clemson finished eight and four, they're not as good. Okay, let's just look at it. LSU on the road, they mauled them. By 21, 45-24. Southern Miss, 66-13. Boston College, I'll give you. Sleepy on the road, 2.1. Clemson, gutsy 7-point win on the road. Virginia Tech, 39-17. Syracuse, 41-3.
1: to How many blowouts did Alabama have? Three? Uh, three, and I believe two of them. One was Middle Tennessee State, and one was Chattanooga.
0: One was Middle Tennessee State. One was Chattanooga. Kentucky. I will give you Kentucky as well. So that's three. And I'll give you Mississippi State. That's four. So let's just count. So uh, it's really two if you take out the mid-majors. So I will take out Southern Miss. That's fine. Virginia Tech, conference game, blowout. Syracuse, conference game, blowout. Duke, conference game, blowout. Wake Forest, conference game, blowout. Pitt, conference game, Struggle early ended in a blowout. Miami struggled. North Alabama will take out cuz blowout. Florida with their backup quarterback finding out minutes before, they end up winning that game by 9. Plus played it with a concussion all third quarter. Louisville won with defense. They had five conference blowouts. What are we doing? We are just taking down the hog into the throat of the SEC. That is what we are doing. And if you don't know what I mean, um, get younger and have more of a dirty mind. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So that's what we're upset about. Um, We're going to preview the college football playoff at a much later date. We don't need to do it now. I will say this. Michigan, you get Bama. You got to keep it within a score you got to make people think that you could have won the game. You can't get blown out. We've done this now two straight years. Shouldn't have won last year. Didn't you really, I mean, you lucked your way into the playoff and you were basically just there to have fun. And Georgia made you look like it. Washington, Texas could be the game of the year. I think that just, that has Georgia, Ohio state written all over it. I I think that's just so exciting. Um, Either way, your national champ, your 2023, season national champion is Alabama. Let's everyone clap. All right. You, great. Paul Feinbaum. Thank you, Paul Feinbaum, for getting your beloved roll tide into the playoff. All right. Let's um segue. Maybe. There we go. righty. So Army Navy this uh weekend it's triple option. It's gonna be a lot of punting. Um It's going to be in Foxborough, so it's going to be cold, going to be football weather. Uh, Give me a quick pick here, Army or Navy, my dude? Navy. Navy it is. All right, they're both five and six, so they're both, I believe, fighting for a bowl spot. Yes. Great. Wonderful. Um, Let's check in on the coaching carousel. Shall we? And then we're going to turn our attention and I'll let you go off a little bit on the NCAA and their new newest ruling. Okay. Um, Wyoming, the mustard out there in Laramie Craig bowl will retire after the Arizona bowl. He announced Wednesday. He led the Cowboys for 10 season, won a school record, three bowl games in six appearances. The defensive coordinator, Jay Solvel will be promoted to head coach. Um, so they're keeping an in-house there. Mississippi State will hire special teams coordinator from Alabama to be um, and outside linebacker coach Coleman Hertzler to be the defensive coordinator. Texas A&M Giggum will hire Colin Klein from Kansas State. Good or bad hire for Mike Elko there as he starts his tenure.
1: Uh, I think it's a good hire. I mean, the team needs a little more help than just on defense. They kind of need. They he, honestly, they should just clear house and then just kind of get like all new with Elko. So I'm okay with it. They they just they need it. They need help.
0: Um. Uh. Let's see here. What else is new? Um. Syracuse uh, hired Jeff Nixon, uh, New York Giants running back coordinator, Jeff Nixon as their offensive coordinator, Um, a team that is and 4-8, I believe, in the NFL and doesn't run the football effectively well, going to hire him as an offensive coordinator. So good job stinking, as per usual, Syracuse. Uh Clemson will hire former Old Miss head coach Matt Luke as the offensive line coach. He will also be expected to help out Derek Riley, who had up and down success first year in Clemson. Uh I want to get to the big so Boise State uh promoted interim head coach Special Danierson to be full-time head coach. Arizona State set to hire former defensive line coach D- uh, Diron Reynolds uh to be the defensive coordinator which they had a terrible defense so not sh- really sure how that is connecting. Here's the big news. So Tulane who lost their its final game Robert will hire um will lose its head coach Willie Fritch to Houston. Uh Fritz was twenty-three and four over the last two seasons, where he won the ACC title and defeated USC in the bowl game last season. The Green Wave lost twenty-six to fourteen at home to SMU. Good or bad hire for Houston.
1: I mean, it's a good it's a good hire just because he's he's a coach. He was a good coach that kind of has proven He can build the program. And I can only imagine it might be easier to get kids to go to Houston than Tulane. But Tulane? Where's Tulane? Tulane's in New Orleans, isn't it? Yeah. It might be easier to get kids to go to New Orleans, just for the party vibe. But I think it'll be easier to get kids from... No. Eh. I think, okay, he's going to have a tough time recruiting. But... I think he'll be able to stabilize that program, but that—I mean—that team just—it's going to be a rough road, I think, for a while in the Big Twelve. Um, they weren't
0: terrible. Um, uh. he's going to make them play big boy football. He's going to make them run the football and actually be physical. Dana Holgerson never really wanted that. Bobby Petrino returns to Arkansas as the offensive coordinator, he was their former head coach about 10 years ago. Um, So how that's all working out, I don't know, but I feel like Bobby Petrino has now gone from one team where he's hired to fix the offense before the head coach gets fired to another team where he's hired to fix the offense before the head coach gets fired.
1: No? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. And he's there essentially to... Save and or take the job. So, uh, Baylor
0: fired their offensive coordinator and hired Cal's offensive coordinator, Jake Spavital. So that's cool. Um, Baylor kind of had was r- really good, and then la- and then uh, Matt Rule left, and then they were really bad, and then they were really good, won the Big Twelve, and now they've been really bad again. I've never seen a. Program, do that. I've seen the fall after the head coach leaves, but I've never seen them rebound, be really good, and then immediately be really bad again.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like the most unfortunate roller coaster you could have because there's no, there's just no building of a program there. It's here, gone, here, gone. There's no culture that's just, you good?
0: Yeah. I thought I felt something in my teeth. That was kind of weird. I'm good.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Right. Hey. Yeah, it's. I think I don't see that trend stopping for them, really. Because they, they only ever have a coach for, what, maybe two, three years, which kind of seems like the trend for almost every college at this moment. But there's no culture building. There's no program building. It's I'm here to advance, and that's the only thing.
0: Um, speaking of culture here to advance, that's the only thing. Colorado fired Sean Lewis. Basically, it was, he got the San Diego State job, but he was going to be fired. He was relieved of play calling duties midway through the season. Tim Brewster, tight ends, coach resigned. Nick Williams, defensive end coach, resigned. Uh, Darian Hagan, running backs, coach resigned, followed John Lewis to, uh, san diego state prime then um by the way a record three thousand, four thousand 4000 kids jumped in the transport portal since um day after the last game ended prime sent out a tweet y'all know where to find me i ain't that hard to find you can't build a program on the transfer portal does mel tucker not teach does a history lesson of mel tucker not reverberate with anyone
1: I mean, we'll find out with Louisville next year because that's how Louisville built – Brom built that team this year off of transfers. So, I it's hard with transfers just because you're just bringing a bunch of people in who are going to be there for one year. Like, it's not like – you know, college basketball is a totally different beast where you bring one group of amazing players, they play, and then they go to the NBA or the G League or whatever – and you can just reload year after year after year. You can't really do that with football. Like, you kind of have to build and teach these kids. You got to start a program and just keep it going. Like, just by bringing in five players and then thinking that's going to change everything, I mean, you're just wrong. Like, it's just.
0: I I completely agree. I, I You got to have culture. I mean, Michigan really didn't get good until they had culture. Alabama didn't get good until they have culture. Georgia never beat Alabama and really only beat them once now and won those two national championships because they had culture, right? When you have rentals, I mean, that's fine if you want to fill a hole, right? Like Michigan's offensive yeah. line, they needed a left tackle. They went out to the transfer portal and they got a left tackle. Right. But it's not like NFL. People are like, well, the transfer portal is becoming like NFL free agency, which it is. And we'll get to NIL in just uno moment because it kind of ties in. But. There's money being exchanged, so it's sort of like NFL free agency, but it's not like these cats are staying with you three, four years. These cats are maximum two years, maybe, maybe. Uh, Right. Because even Dante Moore, true freshman, transferring from UCLA, if he ends up at Michigan, let's just say he ends up at Michigan, he is a he'll be a sophomore. My guess is he'll probably he'll have a good chance to start. We'll have to see if again if he ends up there. Even if he goes, let's say Oregon, he goes to Oregon. He has two awesome seasons. He's gone to the NFL. Right when you so next year will be a your first year with the program is your learning year you learn about their culture you your second year you are part of the culture and establishing it <clears throat> in out done he learned about it he established it but now he's not teaching it It's see one do one teach one right that, that's what that's what my pr- one preceptor set told me um, in right after nursing school when I got my first job. He said, what I want you to do, I want you to see one. I want you to do one. I want you to teach one. That's how it stays with you. No, there is no teaching anymore. It is seeing and is doing. And now you're not passing anything down to the kiddos behind you, the 18 years old. So you're not really building a culture. Um, quick fixes, sure. But quick fixes don't win natties, my friend. All right. Um, Robert, let's get to NIL here because it is just not great. So the NCAA president uh, came out. And again, um, Robert, as I was leaving work, I saw something flash across my screen. The NCAA president came out today and said what he said yesterday is just a starting point framework. It is not. Uh, First of all, then you got to be better at communicating. Here's what we're talking about. Robert, I'm going to explain it. I'm going to let you go off and be quiet because I like it when you rant. I think it's funny when you get going. Excuse me. Talking a lot. Have a lot of snot. So the NCAA came out yesterday and said it's proposing a new rule that will allow colleges to pay players directly instead of providing them educational opportunities so it is one or the other fine whatever do that they must put in a pot 30 at least $30,000 per player on the team to be to pull from this pot every year to pull from this pot to pay their players basically pay, the school will basically be the NIL um, for the players, the deal for the players, what's hidden in that bill or whatever they're trying to call it, that they're proposing is the NCAA said, not all teams have to do this, Robert. We're not reasonable. We know Michigan and Kansas are in two separate weight classes. We know Vanderbilt cannot compete with the money. Texas A&M has, okay? Relax. We thought this one out. Instead, what we'll do is even more idiotic than if they had actually thought about it or not thought about it. They said, we'll create a subdivision for the top college football teams. Why didn't we think about that? So if you join this subdivision, then you can pay your players directly. Okay, fantastic. I don't see any red flags with that. Oh, wait, by the way, this new subdivision will be self-governed by the teams in it over things like NIL, recruiting, scouting, and roster size. The NCAA has 180 They have said, we want to regulate every inch of grass on this field, every blade of AstroTurf, every number that's painted, every uniform that is done, every kid going to class. We will regulate if you step one hair out of line. If you send one person to look at Ohio State ahead of time, we will come down with the fury of the gods and murder you and punish you. Two, you know what? We don't want any part of this. Do what you want. Robert, go.
1: I don't know what sparked all of this, but we're literally going through a full year of just bashing the hell out of Harbaugh over Cheeseburger and the stealing signs that now you want to say everything will be fine as long as you have the money. I, it doesn't make any sense because you're going and creating the same problem you had before that you made these rules for. The no, no like Not going in-person uh, scouting and everything like that because schools couldn't afford to because schools were a lot poorer then. But now you want to make it okay but you have to be in a different division. So if they go to a different division and you have all these other schools, you essentially have to cut almost every conference into like either half or even less than that. Put them all in a division. Are those schools going to still play the other division? Are we going to have two like playoffs now? Because if you're going to say that the scouting is going to be different the rosters are going to be different, NIL is going to be different, then how do you expect anyone not in this division to compete with anyone in this division? It, it's, you're, you're creating a storm that makes no sense. Like They literally, as you said, want to govern everything, but they don't want to govern anything. Like you're, it, it's, it's just like the dumbest thing. It's like he talked but didn't have anything to back it up with, or any reasoning behind it, and I just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: It makes no they, sense. They want to be in charge, but don't want to have to deliver bad news, right? And if they have to deliver bad news, they're going to take forever so people forget about it. When people say that this ruling for Michigan is coming down, twenty, it's going to affect 2024. And I don't mean this as a Michigan fan, but I mean it as someone who has t- taken in this ex- product that we love called the NCAA for the better part of the last 15 years full time every Saturday glued in front of my TV they are not making a ruling about Harbaugh in 2024 this thing is going to get dragged out to 2025 Harball Harbaugh will, I, this is my prediction. Harbaugh will coach every single game in 2024. So here's what I didn't know. NCAA comes forward and they said, okay, we're going to come forward with punishment. Here's what we're going to do. Um, Michigan has 90 days. That's three months to respond. It is December. If they come down tomorrow, I will believe that Harbaugh, something will happen to Harbaugh. So if they come down After the national championship game, which which is when they're going to do it, they're not going to try to impede on their own product. That's March until Michigan has to respond. Then it's another 90 days, that's June, until NCAA responds. Then this thing goes to court, and from uh, my family's personal experience, we just know how good lawyers are at delaying and delaying and delaying court. You think Harbaugh getting punished in 2024? I highly doubt it. The NCAA takes forever with what they do, for better or worse. I'm sure it helps them in a myriad of ways. They cross their T's and dot their I's and I 100% get that. And I respect that for them. If that's what they're doing. But they just take forever. Because why? The, it's a governing body. And governing bodies the word "government" is right in there, and government, the government, just is slow at doing the right thing. Um, in other news, Texas and Oklahoma have agreed to extend their the uh, Cotton Bowl. Red River rivalry at the Cotton Bowl through 2036 as part of the deal, Dallas, the city of Dallas. Uh, So for everyone in Texas, your taxes are about to go up. SMA uh, has agreed to do an estimated $140 million worth of renovations to the aging stadium, which opened in 1930. The Longhorn and Sooners first met at the neutral site at the Texas State Fair in 1929 and have played every game in the Cotton Bowl since it opened the next year. The rivalry began in 1900, and the two teams played for the 119th time this season, according to ESPN. Uh, So everyone in Dallas, Texas, I'm sorry about your taxes. That really sucks. Um, Please don't shoot anybody over it. It's just money and we're all going down the shitter anyway. uh, um, So uh, the NCAA back. To the NCAA, the president, Charlie Baker, says his proposal to allow the most highly resourced schools in Division one to pay their athletes uh, directly via name, image and like his, let's just call it put them on salary deals and use trust funds is just a starting point as he tries to shift the association to be more proactive than reactive. You know what I also hate? Is that Jim Harbaugh, for years, has said, this is real simple. Colleges don't got to pay anyone. No one has to pay anyone. You know how you get to, to pay the players? You give them a split of the revenue. Isn't that a wild idea? This is, I don't know how much the NCAA is worth. But... Our coworker Dave was telling me that the College World Series Division One, Two, and Three, right? It's a week long College World Series. One's in Omaha, one's in uh, South Carolina, I believe that's D two. I don't know where D three is. One day of March Madness pays for an entire week of College World Series for Division One, Two, and Three. There's so much money in college sports. They say the NFL is worth what, roughly 14 billion dollars, something like that. You can't tell me the NCAA college athletics aren't worth at least 10. It's very close. If it's very close and very similar. Here's what I dislike most about this is that Admiral, you like that last February when this all started, said that this is going to become a semi-pro league because the schools are going to have to start paying and show profit and no longer be not-for-profit, the teams are going to have to break away. So the University of Michigan would just be the Michigan Wolverine football team. And it would just so happen to be on the campus of the University of Michigan. It would have nothing to do. And some of the players might go to school at the University of Michigan to get their degree. But it has nothing to do with the university itself. That is where this new subdivision idea is headed. Robert, say
1: something. I just don't like it. I just think if they want to do kind of like how they do with like regulation and stuff like that, like you can do that, but you're just creating so much disparity between like good colleges, not even good college, but just good football programs and the programs who just aren't that great. Like what your schools that aren't in a power five conference, Liberty's never going to be able to do that. Like, these are still small colleges, like the rural colleges, Appalachian State. Like, yeah, they have to pay thirty thousand per student, but like, that's you know, after a while, that's a lot. You know, your roster is is what like fifty five players.
0: Uh, I believe you're allowed to have eighty five scholarship players.
1: Right, so eighty five. That's you're you're still like that's a ton of money. I mean, the revenue for Ohio State last year was two hundred and fifty one million dollars
0: uh just I'm just doing some math real quick so let's just say it's eighty five and let's just times it by thirty thousand per year a school will have to put into this trust fund two point five million dollars two million five hundred thousand five hundred and fifty thousand dollars every year into this trust fund
1: and that's for the minimum
0: yep
1: yeah. well not gonna and get you're not going to get Caleb Williams to come for 30000
0: Yeah. And and here's the thing. That's just scholarship players. So let's take a school like Michigan that's probably rocking 105, 20 walk-ons about, I, I would say. Right. And again, let's just minima, minimum this. So 105, $30,000 apiece, if they have to do every single player on the roster, regardless of walk-on or not, is $3.1 million.
1: Matt Rule literally just said, if you want a good quarterback to come to your school, it's yeah. going to cost you about $2 million. hundred like, percent. Not every schools going to be able to do this. And it, I get that's why they're going to go to this other division, but it's like, so you're going to have just teams bidding on these recruits who are going to be there for a year. Like is a transfer portal still going to be there to where it's like, well, I got 2 million from, you know, Alabama, but, you know, Texas will pay me four. but then this one, will, and it's like, now, does everybody need an agent now? Like.
0: Well, don't these kids, all, don't all, I mean, most of the kids have agents, right?
1: Uh, the big ones do. I think. Yeah, the big, the, I mean, but,
0: I mean, Quorum does, right?
1: Yeah, not like, I'm sure the right guard from Wisconsin probably doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I 100% know what
0: you mean. Again, it, it's very sad because the product that we know and we love it, it, it is going to look different. I mean, on the field, maybe not so much, but off the field, definitely. Um, my uncle, uh, the fighting Kevin Kearns of Akron, as we have deemed him on this podcast, um, he's a professor. Okay. I believe history. Um yeah, I don't believe I know history. Like ninety-nine point nine nine percent sure it's history. So if, if I'm wrong, my B. Um and and he made a, um he was making a joke about Akron not hitting the over and he said, our last two games are versus Miami and OU. I was thinking Miami from Florida and Oklahoma. So I was and so I made the comment. I was like, well, I hope that they're getting paid at least I hope that they're getting paid well. And I sent the eye rolling emoji. And he goes, or that they're or that they get a fine education from a fine institution. And then I realized he was talking about Miami of Ohio and and Ohio University, not Oklahoma. And I thought that they were getting and I was saying, I hope Akron gets paid well to go play because right. it was right at that time of the year where they play the cupcakes, right? Mm -hmm. Those schools plays the cupcakes. So I was like, well, hopefully Akron's getting paid well. That's what I meant by it. And it's kind of his generation that wants these kids to have the education, that value, that see how much the education. And let's not get this twisted. As I have been grown up and become a more crotchety old man, okay? And I don't know where you lie in this, so we're about to find out because I'm about to ask you at the end of this rant that I just seem to go on before I talk. An education for four years at Akron, I'm just going to guess it runs about $40,000 a semester. I don't know but i'm just going in state i'm just going to guess it runs about $40,000 a semester so about $80,000 a year okay um i'm going to be conservative let's just go with this so i don't hurt anyone's feelings $30,000 a semester $60,000 a year so 60 times 4 is $240,000 so you are basically giving these kids $240,000 I would hope free room and board and meals on top of that. If that is not happening, that is also asinine because I do believe that a full ride should include everything you need to live and survive at said school. You're giving these kids $250,000. Plus, you're giving them something that they can use in the real world. And I understand it is not monetary but Robert, I don't even know the percentage of kids that don't make the NFL or that do make the NFL, but I guarantee it's low. So most of these kids need this education. More importantly, as I have been told, if you do college right, you're going to network and make connections that you're going to use for a long time that maybe are even more important than the degree so, the education still should stand for something, and if you're just going to straight pay these kids plus the education again, I get it. I get that these kids want, but again, go back to Harbaugh. There's so much, there's billions of dollars floating around. Give them a piece of the pie. Still, let them land on education. Let them sign some autographs for twenty five hundred dollars. A visit for two hours or whatever and make some money. I never wanted this thing to blow up, but we here. Yeah, so here, here's my question, Robert. Robert, where do you land on the education thing as the old white man, as Pat McAfee would say, being the edu- their payment for playing college football is their education?
1: So at first I was when they said they were gonna start getting paid, I was like, well then they shouldn't get Like they shouldn't get a full ride then because what they're getting paid should cover like what their stay would be. But now the more and more I think about it, I think they should only get partial scholarships. That way, at least half of, at least half of their education is covered through like a normal scholarship and everything like that. And then everything you're getting paid, you know, you're on the hook for whether you do it loans or however, you know, if you're getting paid millions, you can obviously afford to do it. And I think if you do it that way, now it puts the pressure back on the student to actually do good in school because half these kids, they don't want to go to class. They don't want to yeah. learn. They, they just want to play ball get to the NFL. That's the end goal. It's always been the end goal for them. Like, you know, everyone wants to buy mama a house. That's what it comes down to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that.
1: Like the kids still have to have responsibility. You know, you tell these kids, Hey, free ride, everything's on the house. Don't worry about it. Hey, you're also getting $2 million. Don't worry about it. Everything's covered. It takes the responsibility out of the kids. And that's why I think we see so many kids being dismissed from programs and just leaving, like, if you are still on the hook for a year, like, you know, if you use your first two years up on your scholarship and it's your third year, and you're just like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm going to transfer elsewhere, you should still be responsible for that. Like, that's, you were still there. Now, like, there would be, like, deadlines, like, you know, if you start the semester, you're responsible for it, but if you don't, it, right. you know, yeah. like, fine-tuning. Yeah. Right. But like the kids got to have responsibility because, and like the coaches have to have the responsibility of still trying to mold these guys into men, into people who understand, hey, there's a life after football. You're only going to if you make it to the NFL five years, that's about your average now. You know, if you're a running back, you're lucky to make it four. got to learn some things. you got to learn how to be somebody in society. You're not going to play football the rest of your life, and I think that's the disconnect. Is right now there is there is no accountability for the student.
0: I I think I like your idea. I I think to take it one step further, there should be a cutoff. Everyone has to say how much they make nil cash money. Whether you get a car, what that car's value, you, you get right. brand new Corvette. That's seventy five thousand dollars. Okay, you said basically I got something worth seventy. You disclose everything. NCA, Big Ten conference. I don't care who whoever SEC whoever says. Okay, Jalen Milrow, you made and have it be nationally wide a set amount of money. When you hit that set amount of money, whether it's in cash, whether it is new Xboxes, whether it's new ca- whatever it is. When you hit that set amount of money, let's just, for sake of argument, $250,000. When you hit that, your scholarship for the remaining time you are at Alabama, Jalen Milrow, is null and void, and it must go to someone else on the football team. Because now what you're doing, at least you can have it best of both worlds. Jalen Milrow gets his school paid for by himself. So now if he wants to pay for it, And if he wants all the fancy stuff and to pay for it, he's got to sell his car, right? He's got to do whatever. He's got to take whatever he is. Basically, now he's working on the side. That's basically what he's doing. He has a part-time job. That's what these NIL deals are. Part-time jobs on the side, and he's paying for his school. But now you're giving it to someone, a Joe Schmo who's never going to see playing time whose parents or himself are going to be in $250,000 in debt by the time he's done playing school, because they wanted him to have his dreams because I'm told parents love their kids. Okay. And, and and I'm told parents like their children (laughs) and want them to have the best. And listen, my parents were very good. That's not taking a shot at anyone. I'm just saying, I don't have kids. I, I, I don't, See the, um I don't have the urge to have kids. But anyway, that, that's where that's coming from. I think you are giving a break to someone who is actually going to appreciate the experience and doesn't get the same experience as you. But now he gets that education. He's going to use that education more than Jalen Milrow is. Right. Almost instantly, he's going to use that free education more and probably, I can't say better because I'm not judging anyone here, but he's going to use it more right off the bat as soon as he's done, more than Caleb Williams is, who has a $2 million NIL deal, who's going to be top five pick in the draft, if not number one overall, who's going to get $26 million right off the bat in the NFL. To continue playing football. Meanwhile, the 180-pound walk-on who runs a 5 but somehow got on as a walk-on because he's grit and he's tough and and he's just it. And he's going to class and he's struggling through and his parents are working two jobs. And he's going to be in $100,000 worth of debt when he's done. Is going to use his degree to go work at a law firm or something and use his degree better right away. You gotta have the, you gotta find a situation to have it be the best of both worlds. And no one is doing this. It brings it back to the very start of this conversation where the NCAA wants to regulate every single blade of grass, but at the same time doesn't wanna be the bad guy. After being and and the ironic thing is, Robert, they were the bad guy forever. I mean, they still kind of are. They they still kind they still kind of are. But the name, image, and likeness thing, right? They were the bad guy because they were the crotchety old man. No education. No, they can't make money off of themselves. And now they're like, oh, we don't want to do anything that's gonna offend
1: anyone. Well, yeah, and then it was, you know, oh yeah, you guys can do nil. but it's got to be regulated by the schools. So they put the, the pressure on the schools to do it. And the schools are like, I don't care what we do. We can, if we bring people in, we bring people in and it is what it is. And then we end up in scenarios like Texas A&M, who is just paying these kids like Jimbo money, essentially to show up, play like dog poo.
0: Oh, and, I thought I had you there. And, yeah, go ahead.
1: And then, you know, they're just like, oh, we're going to the transfer portal. The the number one kid in the transfer portal right now, defensive tackle from Texas A&M, was one of those kids. He's a five-star recruit. And
0: and Texas A&M kind of hurt all colleges when the 12th Man Alumni Association walked on the field at halftime of the game where after the game Jimbo got fired and presented the athletic director with a $160 million check. It's Hey, look how much money we have. We can literally, because no one is regulating Jack shite, we can do whatever we want with this money. Oh, and by the way, 70 million of it is going to go to Jimbo. Guess how much we still have left over $90 million. Our stadium was just redone. Don't got to do anything there. So what are we going to do? Oh, let's just pay these guys. Oh, um, how, how much are we going to pay these guys? I don't know. However much we want, because guess what? No one's paying attention. No one yep. gives a shite. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And listen, that's just 160 million. I'm sure there's more than double of that from other boosters and fundraisers and everything. Johnny Manziel, you flash him out at one party gala, something down there in Land by the Reveille, um, uh, cemetery did you know they did that by the way they buried all their the old revelies outside the stadium on a hill that's so they're like overlooking the stadium did you know that
1: i didn't but i mean that's kind of nice i guess
0: right it's kind of nice and kind of cool you flash him out at a gala to bury that or announce a new revelry or something that's like an easy 10 million dollars yeah johnny football shows up the most exciting player in college football in the it was since Robert Griffin. I mean, no one's been more exciting than him. Caleb Williams had the potential for about a year and a half. Um. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about? We're at an hour and five minutes. We've touched on a little bit of everything.
1: That's I mean, pretty. I mean, we pretty much covered everything that's happened between <sighs> last week and this week.
0: Ah. Uh. I'll tell you what. My prediction of USC going ten and two just fell hard on its face.
1: What? <laughs> what are you gonna do? when uh, the wind blows, and it's a touchdown because there's no defense. You know,
0: the ball just yeah. rolls naturally.
1: Yeah. Um, can only score so much.
0: Uh, you can only score. You can only hang on for for so long. Uh, Florida six and six. I was basically spot on there. Missouri was six and six, just a tad bit off there. Missouri probably surprise team of the, of the year. I would say. Yeah. I'm, no one expected them to be top 10.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: All right. Uh, no, I had Indiana going two and 10. I think they finished two and 10. Uh, nine and three at best or three and nine at best. Rutgers did much better than we thought when uh, no, Wisconsin was a big disappointment at this point, I'm just talking to talk um, actually, no, the most surprising team <laughs> bar none is Northwestern six and six. Everyone Man. thought they were looking at one win or less. Um. So let's try to get on out of here. Did I pick the right one? Maybe I did. <laughs> All right, everyone. Oh, and I think the sound bites broke. <sighs> well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another rendition of the fourth and one podcast. I really do appreciate uh, everyone's time listening to us. Uh, just real quick, comment down below if you are listening on YouTube. I want you to put your standpoint of the of um, paying players in education. Does that still mean something? Should that still mean something? Yes or no. Put it down below. Uh we will probably still do weekly episodes, I'm assuming. Next week we will get into bowl games and we're just going to have some fun with some bowl games. Week after, we're going to get into the college football playoff. Week after that, we're going to review the college football playoff and preview the Natty. Week after that, natty so you see how this is going uh into the offseason, who knows what we're gonna do who knows if robert will still be around just kidding i think he's here to Amen. stay long term everyone seems to love him we love him we love having them until we see you next time remember god loves you may god bless you wash those hands because y'all are filthy animals and remember education means something younglings goodbye everybody